Nightmare by Airline. Over a year ago, I presented most of this in a different form for a piece that was published in Elephant Journal. I did not tell a solid chunk of the story. The piece that was published covered a flight that I took out to Chicago to go on a trip. It was mostly written while I was in the midst of the trip, so I never did write about the flight back for the sake of space and simplicity and to not make my editor too crazy, I just left it as it was. Recently, it dawned on me that I never did get around to telling the whole story and decided that I was going to do something about that. Now, per Elephant's policy, as long as I change at least 20% of what was published for them, I can repurpose it in other places. Now that it's about three times as long as the original, I think I'm pretty well in the clear there. Regardless, it now feels complete. I might be biased, of course, but I think it's worth the time to consume. I hope you agree, but in the end, I did write it for me. Let's begin. When planning for a trip to visit some friends in Indiana, one of the friends who I was going to meet out there offered up the idea of renting a car, meeting up along the way, and driving the rest of the way out there. I looked up the drive, and I think it was like 15 or 16 hours. In my attempt to be pragmatic at the time, I mentioned that between the rental and the gas, it would have been cheaper and more time efficient to just fly. I should have been correct in those calculations. In theory, anyway, I should have been correct. Couple keywords, though. Theory should. Anything and everything can work in theory when set only to whatever parameters the mind can control. In actuality, outside forces can take a giant piss on that theory at any point and make you look like an idiot. I think it's pretty well established how problematic the word should is in most situations, and yet what should have been a simple, easy, non-dramatic round-trip flight to Chicago morphed into an epic tale of forced practice, adjusting and adapting to what craziness life can and often does throw at you. What turned into a 27-hour flight delay is enough to build a horror novel around but that was only a part of this show. It was not so long ago when any one of these travel hiccups could have set me into such an angry panic that I would have morphed into a dude Karen before everyone's eyes. Dude Karen, because we can't seem to agree whether a male Karen is a Ken or a Kyle or something else. Apologies to Karens out there who the whole Karen thing doesn't apply to. You drew the shit straw there, sorry. That never came to be, thankfully, despite what became quite an extended debacle, creating multiple meltdown opportunities. So let's talk about what happened instead. Tuesday. The plan was to spend a week with friends at one of their homes in northern Indiana. O'Hare Airport in Chicago was the closest landing site, and I had a group of friends that was going to be there to pick me up at O'Hare. As I waited, I saw the departure time was gradually delayed over the course of about two hours. Then, the sudden announcement that we were not flying out tonight at all. The reason the airline gave was that a tire on the plane was broken and the flight was rescheduled until the next morning. Not so long ago, Dude Karen would have unleashed venom on some poor undeserving soul at that counter and most likely would have done something nuts like canceling the trip. 
I would handle the panic of bungled plans by allowing it to inspire rash, emotionally charged choices that I would quickly regret. Not quickly enough to make the choices, but quickly enough to regret them soon after. There will always be that initial rush of anxiety in those situations. I still don't respond to sudden changes very well. Never have, and probably never will. There's always going to be that burst of anxiety. But this time, the wave was permitted to pass, and then I responded with the next step. And in this case, that was to secure a voucher for a night at a nearby hotel. I could have gone back home and started again in the morning, but I really didn't care to spring for an extra hundred bucks in Uber fees to go back and forth. So to avoid doing that and get a quiet night at a decent hotel on someone else's dime, hell yeah. Had I given in to Dude Karen, I would have been too pissed off to even think to inquire about a hotel voucher. I would have wrecked the vibe for at least one unsuspecting, undeserving Uber driver. Possibly two if I didn't cancel my flight in rage. And then that would also include wrecking vibes for everyone else in my house, including the dogs, who would have been subjected to a whole night of asshole energy. Good time would have been had by none. By letting the emotions pass and then staying present, I could receive the gift of a self-care night, which meant watching a Red Sox game on TV and enjoying orders of truffle fries and fried Brussels sprouts. And a salad, of course, from the trendy Italian bistro next door that had a deal that you got part of the meal pumped. Good food, cheap food, yeah. Unexpected opportunity to explore items that I wouldn't normally and tried something new and different. Points for palate expansion and a long, hot bath from angle where I could still see the game on TV. To quote one Carlos Estevez, who you may know better as Charlie Sheen, winning Wednesday. I have to come out with a confession right off the top. I miss the old days of going through airports and not having the deal with TSA. I'm sure almost all of us agree. Without going into how I feel about his existence, We'll just focus on the lovely experiences I have enjoyed at the hands of this lovely agency. Such epic experiences as being detained in Atlanta over Coca-Cola bottles, having spices tested for explosives in Los Angeles, and nearly missing a flight in Phoenix after a friend had her bag ripped apart over a geo. It's basically a really cool rock. Yes, I almost missed a flight over a rock. My plan was to get to the airport nice and early after feeling refreshed by my surprise hotel stay. Finding the space to fetch myself a nice leisurely breakfast and then board my now free of issues flight. Everything just felt so good. I was like almost tap dancing through the line. Sounds like a great plan, right? Right? TSA and the airline responding in a chorus that I imagined in my head sounding like screaming banshees. No. Right out of the gate, TSA would not accept my boarding pass because the updated flight information was not in their system. Me, can I just show you the one on my phone? TSA, no. I was directed to the airline counter for a new boarding pass and upon my return, sir, it's still showing up as yesterday's flight and now your name is Susan. I'm calling a supervisor. Because, of course, why wouldn't I now be in possession of a ticket in the name of Susan? Uh, 
To be fair, I probably could have just looked at the boarding pass when I was at the airline counter. I did I own that one. I immediately heard Whitney Houston's My Name Is Not Susan in my head and repeat. Trust me, there really is a song for everything. The supervisor arrives, runs the pass I had on my phone like I had initially offered, and sends me off with wishes for a safe flight. As I demolished some greasy yet satisfying bacon and home fries with my coffee, while waiting at the gate, I thought, I must have gotten all this out of my system now, right? Right? Just before boarding, we learned that they did not have the tool to fix the tire and it needed to be flown in from Chicago. It took them this long to figure that out. They couldn't just get it from some other airline, Home Depot, no. Uh, Then they suggested that we find another flight because I was still calm, but resolved that I was getting to Chicago today, no matter what flight I needed to take. I walked up to the desk with calm determination. Hi, how are we going to work together to get me to Chicago today? I was quickly booked for the next scheduled flight. That felt almost too easy. I felt a heavy dropping feeling in my gut as though there was something wrong. Having learned from what happened at TSA, I took a look at my boarding pass and once again, the pass had Susan's name on it. Susan is continuing to unknowingly complicate my day. The lady who helped me out so easily just minutes before was now forced to cancel my seat and find a new one on a now overbooked flight. And I just looked at her and I said, one of two things is about to happen. Either this seat is changing to my name or I'm boarding a Susan, but we're going to get me on that plane. We've got this. Those words didn't come from fear or anger or frustration, but from a knowing that this was going to work. The details didn't matter. I knew the outcome. It was a calm but powerful feeling. After some frantic typing and a couple of phone calls, my new pass came through. With a seat upgrade, Susan was off the hook. With the extra few hours came the opportunity for lunch and for crushing some greasy, overpriced handmade potato chips. Oh yeah, and a salad. Waiting at the gate a few hours later, I felt myself fading. I was exhausted from the whole ordeal. While my stomach was screaming in protest over the meal choices made over the course of the day at the airport, I didn't know if I had any energy left for further hijinks. So, of course, this flight was delayed. First for 15 minutes, then 45. After an hour, the delay turned indefinite due to, quote-unquote, storms in the Chicago area. Many of us sitting and waiting, a number of us since yesterday, shared the assorted responses we were all getting from those waiting for us in Chicago, all including pictures of bright sunny skies. We knew to understand that the poor soul at the counter was just relaying what she was told, but somewhere, someone had made the decision to lie to us, and we would have loved the opportunity to strap them to a lie detector and make Mari Povich reveal the results. Last part, that was just in my head. Maybe, or maybe not. I I didn't exactly ask. The frustration started to overflow for many like myself. 
now stranded here over 24 hours. I could feel the thick, angry energy all around me and was starting to finally feel overwhelmed by it all. Mostly, I now felt a heavy weight of guilt knowing my friends were still waiting for me in Chicago. Logically, I knew this was not my fault, but deeper down, I was connecting to the kid that would catch hell when these things happened, even when out of my control. That experience led my mind to create a story that my friends were pissed off at me for screwing up the trip. I knew they had camped out for the night in Chicago, and I knew that we already lost 24 hours on the whole experience, and that was without me even actually getting on a plane yet. I wrote that feeling out in our group chat, and seeing it on the screen was enough for me to pause and reset. Couldn't change or control any of their experiences in the moment, whatever they were. But as it turned out, they were having a great time exploring Chicago. They sent pictures of their adventures through the day, and I felt like I was missing out, but there was still a great deal of relief. I allowed myself to feel and express my sadness and frustration without letting them take control. Even in that really tired emotional space, Dude Karen felt no need to appear. All I needed to know was, can I get my phone fully charged? And will I have time to pee before we board? Turned out that the answer to both was no, as we received clearance to board a couple minutes later. I wasn't complaining because after a total of 27 hours, I was finally en route to Chicago. Saturday, I had put the experience of the flight behind me and was having an amazing time in Indiana. Just really getting to enjoy everyone's company and really getting to bond in person. It's a group of us where most of us had met and gotten to know each other online. It was like, as somebody put it, a Zoom call come to life. And yet, because I'm me, I woke up on Saturday morning and the first thing I thought of was, I should probably check on my return flight. Actually, wait, no, that, that's not entirely true. It wasn't the first thing I thought of. It took me a few steps to get there. To try and help my friend that had been doing the bulk of the driving instead of having her make two trips, I offered to go when she was bringing another friend to the airport on Monday night and stay at a hotel near the airport and just fly out Tuesday. I booked that out a couple days earlier and I was set to go. Back to this Saturday morning, I had the thought of, why don't I just move my flight from Tuesday to Wednesday and spend the Tuesday messing around in Chicago? Got friends up there. Maybe somebody will want to meet up. The Cubs are at home. There's tickets available Tuesday night. Wrigley Field's always been a bucket list item. Why not? The idea of a day of adventure in Chicago, a city that I really didn't know very well, only really gone through a couple of times, it really lit me up. It shot more juice through my body than my cup of coffee, no matter how tasty and refreshing it may have been. There's the truth. I fell in love with the idea of an adventure day in Chicago, and then I popped open the airline app to move my return flight, only to find that my return flight no longer existed. Apparently, when I had made that trek to the counter and politely demanded that we get me moved to a flight that will actually get me to Chicago, somewhere in all of that, my return flight got canceled. I immediately started laughing. It wasn't the, oh my god, this is hysterical laugh. It was far more of a laugh that you might hear from some iteration of the Joker right before he was to partake in some form of epic villainy or about to be stomped out by Batman. It could go either way. 
Even though my favorite Jokers are Jack Nicholson and Mark Hamill, this was more of a darker, more haunting, Heath Ledger-style Joker laughing. This was not healthy. Three hours on hold for the airline that time. I tried a few other times and completely wasted most of the day trying to find some sort of human to help unfuck this. Apparently, this human did not exist, or they just insisted on keeping me on hold for many, many hours. And eventually, I did need to go on with the day. Everyone patiently waited for my bullshit to be solved so we could go on and have fun, which was the whole point of being out here in the first place, right? I bit the bullet, just accepted I'll deal with this flight later, and found a return flight for a different airline on Tuesday. Tuesday, not Wednesday. Because when I saw how much the ticket price was for this flight, which was more than twice what I paid for the round trip ticket that I initially booked, I was forced to abandon the Chicago plan because I didn't have enough money to feel comfortable booking both the flight and the hotel. No visits, no extra night, no city exploring, no cubbies, no Chicago friends. I didn't want to deal with all that in the moment and just bring down the rest of the day for everybody else, so I didn't. I put it in a pocket and enjoyed the next couple days. Monday. It all hit me on Monday night in the hotel. I ate down a decent meal downstairs at Harry Carey's and somehow found a Red Sox game on TV to watch when I came back. I was pretty much paying zero attention though. That last middle finger from the airline that took away something that got me really excited was, that was the last straw. I went into a pretty hard depressive spell. I had myself in the hotel room, no real healthy way to process it out. The culmination of everything finally got to me. Airline bullshit cost me a day on one end and denied me the opportunity to get it back on the other side. It was also the trigger point of what I didn't know yet was about to be a long line of life pounding me with sucker punches. This is hitting me now as I'm rebuilding this piece to be as long and drawn out enough to be my version of the story now. That last night, I was tired of feeling like I had to be the bigger man to find the silver lining and to learn the life lesson in it all. Doesn't mean that it's an opportunity to learn and grow all the time. While those opportunities were present and in ways I did, I mean, we never did hear from Dude Karen, not even that last night. It doesn't mean that there's an invisible sky asshole version of God that is moving everything around just to make my life a perpetuity of punishment. Just not that important. Shit happens to all of us. In the end, it just was. Sometimes it is just shit, and sometimes it does just happen, and there isn't anything attached. There's no anything, it just is. In those days I was out there, I did still have a great time in the middle of it all. I got to see my resilience shine for the most part. I also ran out of reserve, and I felt it, and that's okay too. It gets to suck, and we get to hurt when it sucks. We don't get the right to take it out on anyone else, and we don't deserve to have it used as an excuse to beat ourselves up either. It just was. It did make for a hell of a story, so thanks for listening.